you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everybody. It's Monday, August 14th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we've got some work to do, but we like where we're at right now. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio in studio. We got specialists. We got Hytham. We got Susie. We got Josh. Ah, it's nice to be back in California uh, after the weekend. It was a good weekend, but it's nice to be home. Yeah, you, uh, you must... You're, I don't know if you're struggling or not today, but you've had a weekend. Yeah, man. I, uh, For those who don't know, I, I was fortunate enough to go to the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio this weekend. Uh, and, uh, you know, I tried to get back at a reasonable time. I was I was back home by about six o'clock last night so I could rest up because things are real now, man. Like training camp and preseason games are happening. Um, but the expo was an amazing time. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to go the last two years. Huge shout out to Bob Long. It's really a family affair because Bob is sort of the main organizer, but I know his wife is heavily involved. His kids, uh, one of his daughters is sort of the official photographer of the weekend. Um, I think her boyfriend does video and they all kind of help and pitch in for the social media event of it. Uh, It has grown enormously to the point that Des Bryant... Uh, had his own f- uh, flag football team out there. He played flag. He, uh, I think they won it. 
He played quarterback. Dez is left-handed, in case you didn't know. Um, <laughs> it was great. Uh, we got to get you out there next year. I, I've already... I, I'm going next year. I had... <laughs> I wanted to go last minute. It wasn't in the cards, but uh, I had major FOMO all weekend uh, <laughs> watching you guys, uh, everyone be out there. And so many people that I know who I've worked with or I know from different things who I didn't know were going were mm -hmm. there. And I was just like, every time I saw a picture of someone I know being there, I just got sadder <laughs> and sadder. So I was like, I am 100% going next season. Yeah, you know, it's great. It's it's great way to, to reconnect with people that you know. Uh, it's a great way to, you know, meet new people or maybe people that you only know as you know faces or voices on the internet uh it is an absolutely wonderful time if you have not had a chance to go out there uh to canton for the expo i highly recommend you do it uh always in august usually the week after the hall of fame game so start making your plans now for next summer it's wonderful and honestly like des bryant uh, embracing it i think is only is only huge for it because maybe he convinces more former athletes to show up uh and it it's it's a wonderful wonderful thing anyway on to the fantasy football uh kind of analysis part of the show we are going through our division previews today is the afc north uh and we also have a special guest and maybe we should have held this to the afc south but whatever uh chris johnson cj2k uh, we'll be dropping in to uh, to talk a little bit about his post football life uh, and get his thoughts on running backs and and that sort of thing in general. So, uh, really looking forward to that. Before we get into the AFC North, though, we had a chance a couple weeks ago to go to Chargers camp. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We had been trying to go for years. It was great. Uh, I got to talk to a number of people. We played almost all of those interviews for you last week on the show. Uh, we didn't do one. Darius Davis, the rookie from TCU, uh, you know, we talked about it. And look, I mean, let's be honest, Florio, like, <laughs> you know, not to be mean, but people aren't drafting Darius Davis, right? I mean, uh, later round pick in a crowded wide receiver room. Uh, even when we talked to him, he said himself, he's like, I'm just trying to make the team. I, I think he uh, greatly improved his chances. He improved his chances with an 80-plus <laughs> yard punt return touchdown over the weekend. Uh, shout out to Susie, who is a Charger fan, a resident Charger fan, who dropped it in our Slack. Uh, and we're like, oh, crap, Darius Davis is doing things. <laughs> so we're like, we, we still have the interview. So we figured that's a great opportunity for us to drop in the Darius Davis interview. Uh, he was really wonderful to talk to. We're rooting for him to make the team, make some plays. Uh, so we'll let you hear what he had to say right now. Here with Chargers receiver Darius Davis. Uh, Darius, man, appreciate the time. How you feeling today? I'm feeling good. You know, it was a great work, work day today and um, got after today. We got better. So uh, what, what's the adjustment been like uh, coming in from college here in, here in year one? The adjustment, I feel like just learning plays because, you know, like how we signal our plays uh, in college is straight from the sideline. So now we in a huddle. It's like a sentence, like the, like the uh, play college <laughs> is like sentence now. So like just, just getting adjusted to that. But like the play, like the practice style, I feel like we practice like this at TCU, you know, getting better and um, just going out there and um, giving it y'all. And speaking of TCU, how is the adjustment been made any easier having Quentin and Max here with you? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, just having someone that you um having a quarterback that you've been throwing around with for like three years and having Quentin out there um, it make this transition way easier. 
So, I mean, you were in a, a crowded wide receiver room. Right? You got, you know, Keenan and Mike Williams and Quentin and so many guys here. Uh, how do you feel like you have to – what do you have to do to t- try to stand out and to make sure you get on the field this year? You know, um, special teams, you know, that's, I, that's, I think that's where I need to stand out the most um, in special teams because, you know, um, I just don't want to limit myself to, like, just being out there um, as a receiver, just going out and being available on every, every special team. So just being an asset to this team in the best way I could help. And how does playing behind like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams as a as a rookie here, getting to learn from two very established vets, like how do you go about doing that? Like, are you just like trying to through osmosis, like follow them around and learn or anything? Are you always picking their brains, stuff like that? Yeah, you know, we're just watching Keenan. Um, every time we do routes on now, I'm watching his routes, just seeing just the lit things that he do, and um, try to implement into my game. So just sitting behind him and Mike, it, it, for me, is a blessing because I get to learn from like two of the um, best receivers in the game right now. So, I mean, coming in, obviously playing, you play with Max Duggan at, at TCU, Justin Herbert, a very different kind of quarterback. Uh, what's that adjustment been like trying to you know, catch footballs from, from different kind of, I mean, he, Easton Stick, all three kind of different guys there. How's that been? Uh, you, yeah, you know, uh, I've been, I've been throwing Max, so it's pretty like, pretty like on game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just transitioning with uh, Herbert, you know, like he ain't gonna lie, he got to really go. <laughs> 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 Every ball coming is a dart and, um, it's coming with it's like a heat sick and missile too. So like you you gotta get your eyes around, you gotta be make sure you're ready and you're on point to catch the ball. So how you like in California so far? I'm loving the weather, but <laughs> you know, I'm from Louisiana, but the food, you know, I'm a Louisiana it's a guy. Different, yeah. yeah, it's way different. So but the the weather's good and I'm enjoying it. Cool. Yeah. Uh yeah, man. So I mean your goals though for this year individually. I mean, I know obviously as a team you guys have goals individually, though. What what kind of goals you got for yourself this year? My goal for myself is for you just to make make the roster, you know. Then going out there and special, uh, going out there in preseason and just uh, establishing myself as a as a return in a return game, you know, just 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 doing that and hopefully get the Pro Bowl as a return special. I was just gonna say best of luck with with your goal of this this season. Yeah, man, appreciate the time and, uh, and good luck this year. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. Cool. Thank Thanks, you for taking the time. So shout out to Darius Davis already making plays uh, in training camp uh, or in, in the preseason. I mean, realistically. Florio, I really think, you know, special teams is probably the way he makes an impact on yeah. this team. I mean, with Keenan Allen, Quentin Johnston, Mike Williams, Eckler's going to get targets, Gerald Everett's going to get targets. He's going to have to find a different way to sort of <laughs> crack the field here. And, and the cool thing about talking to him was he kind of knew that. And right. he, he talked about how special teams could be his ticket. And then 81 yards later, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the Chargers are probably being like, hey, we should we should get this guy on the roster this season. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'll definitely be watching, rooting for him. Uh, it was really cool to talk to him. And so uh, now we have we have fully unloaded all of our Chargers training camp interviews. Uh, it's a good thing we sat on that, though. It, oh, it, yeah. It, it worked out. He, he got the Fantasy Live podcast bump. That's, uh, that's what I'm saying. The NFL Fantasy podcast bump. All right. Uh, AFC North previews. As always, we're doing these alphabetically by city. So we will start with the Baltimore Ravens. Their top scorers last year. Quarterback, no surprise. Lamar Jackson, he was QB 14. Obviously missed a ton of games at the end of the season uh, while he was dealing with an injury. Their top running back last year was Kenyon Drake. uh, Just over 104 points. The RB 45. Demarcus Robinson. Uh, was the top scoring wide receiver. We always talk about the wide receiver issues in Baltimore, and that maybe underscores it. Uh, almost 130, or almost 104 points, I should say. Um, and uh, wide receiver 69. And then Mark Andrews, of course, no surprise, top tight end. Uh, tight end four 
overall. And what was sort of a down year for Mark Andrews? He was still the tight end for. <laughs> um, there you go. Uh, notable losses in Baltimore. Kenyon Drake, Demarcus Robinson. So their, their top scoring running back and top scoring wide receiver from last year are gone. Sammy Watkins, who I kind of forgot was on the roster for a little bit. Josh Oliver. Uh, additions in free agency. They signed Melvin Gordon. Of course, they, they bring in Odell Beckham Jr. They signed Nelson Aguilar. Uh, and they draft Zay Flowers. And the first guy off the board from Baltimore, no shock, Mark Andrews, kind of a mid-third-round pick. Uh, when you look at this roster, though, you know everybody's drafting Lamar. We're excited about him. We're excited about Mark Andrews. We're curious about the wide receivers, and we'll talk about them in a bit. J.K. Dobbins is sort of a mystery bag right now. Um, supposed to be coming off the pup list today. That's according to Mike Garofolo. How are you feeling about J.K. Dobbins this year? I do not love J.K. Dobbins. And uh, I, I've had this some debates with other people because, to me, J.K. Dobbins is all hype. Like, hmm. he, he is entering his fourth season as an NFL player, and we have yet to see him handle a backfield all to himself. We've seen a couple of games of it here and there, but in the last two years, he has 92 carries. Like, it, I know he missed a year due to injury and stuff, but that is concerning to me when it comes to J.K. Dobbins, especially uh, when you look at what Gus Edwards is right behind him and you look at their metrics and Gus Edwards is better in a lot like yards after contact and he gets stuffed less frequently. And yeah, J.K. Dobbins is more explosive, but Gus Edwards had like the I think they were both top seven in percentage of yard rushing yards that uh and rushing attempts that went for over 10 plus yards last season so I don't think Gus Edwards is as far behind J.K. Dobbins as people tend to hype up J.K. Dobbins we've been waiting on the big Dobbins season since he's entered the NFL yeah um for me I, I just tend to go in the other direction I I, I he's kind of in the RB dead zone for me mm-hmm. there's running backs who I like who go after him even more than him so I just wait on those I don't think I've drafted J.K. Dobbins in any of the drafts I've done. I don't so think far. I've drafted him either. Uh, right now, depending on where you look, he's like RB19 or so, maybe a fifth-round pick in 12-team leagues. And I just haven't been convinced that the Ravens are suddenly just going to give him this big workload when the last few years – they really have been committed to using multiple running backs. And this is obviously not to even mention the fact that Lamar Jackson is going to take a lot of those rushing attempts. J.K. Dobbins, you're paying a fifth-round draft price. Gus Edwards, who I think still has a decent workload in this offense, is a 14th-round pick. So, like, at ADP, I don't think there's much of an argument against Gus Edwards, at least not for me. I, you know, I know people are, are buying into this being the breakout year for J.K. Dobbins, and I'm not – sure I see it just based on past history and the fact that now with Todd Munkin they may be even more of a passing offense than they have been in the past and you know Dobbins has never really been a guy that has been involved in the passing game uh, during his pro career so I just you know I appreciate everybody's optimism about J.K. Dobbins I just am not I'm not seeing it right now I know these two are forever connected at the hip because of their draft class and they got injured at the same point, but I'd much rather Cam Akers than J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. And they go like back to back. Yeah. I mean, I really do think because uh, for Akers, 
there's also less competition, I think, in yeah. the backfield. You know, like Gus Edwards is going to have a role. I'm not as worried about Kyron Williams coming in and taking a whole <laughs> lot of touches. I mean, really, I'm just not. So I would much rather have Cam Akers uh, than J.K. Dobbins. Talking about the wide receivers there. Um, I mentioned they added Nelson Aguilar. I mean, I guess I could add him to this list. But I'm thinking the, the three primary guys in that wide receiver room, uh, I want you to rank them for me. Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, Bateman, Odell. Hmm. Um, I, I I know they paid Odell. I, I am very concerned about Odell being at this advanced age, coming off of a second torn ACL. We haven't seen him play football in over a year. Um, I think that he could be like a chain mover uh, or and one of like those safe floor kind of plays if, if things break right for him where he could give you like 10 or 12 fantasy points a week or something like that. But I think he brings the lowest ceiling of the three. To me, Zay Flowers, I, I think, brings the most upside. I know a lot of people still like Rashad Bateman. I think Zay Flowers, though, is going to get open quickly. Uh, he's the best of the three with the ball in his hands after the catch. And he can also win downfield. And the knock on him was size. But sometimes I, I think size doesn't matter when you can get open as quickly as you can, like, like Zay Jones can. Mm-hmm. Because in the red zone, like we have saw it this Thursday uh, in the preseason with Tank Dell. And people are like, oh, well, he's too small to score touchdowns. He led college football in red zone touchdowns <laughs> last year because he gets open so quickly. Uh, it's in, He led in man-to-man as well. That's a different rookie. But Zay Flowers is a very similar talent i think even more explosive and more quick so uh, if i'm going to roll the dice here on any of them i'm going to go upside and i think that's a flowers so i i've got flowers and and bateman flipped i've got bateman one flowers two but i'm with you on odell i think odell brings obviously a great veteran presence and i think he can be i think he can be essential for that offense but i think what you'll see from obj is that he'll be a better actual football player than a fantasy player at this point like I think he brings a lot to that offense but I don't think you're gonna you know be satisfied with what he gives you production wise on a week-to-week basis um you know I think for Bateman it's gonna be a case of kind of staying healthy staying on the field uh and getting a full scope of what it is he can do but I think he's the guy that they would like to take kind of a leadership role there and I'm curious about Zay Flowers I will also say that I'm not drafting any of these guys particularly highly at yeah. the same time <laughs> i i think they are all like wide receiver fours for yeah fantasy purposes. i think that's that's probably right as well um more or less we'll do a few of these more or lesses uh here more or less 3600 passing yards for lamar jackson which by the way would be a career high for him i'm gonna go more um okay. i i think everything that they have done this offseason indicates that they want Lamar to throw the ball more Uh, bringing in Todd Monken who in college was kind of close to a 50-50 split uh, pass run but uh, a lot of explosive plays a lot of downfield targets which I'm anticipating coming this year plus you you spend all your resources this offseason on bringing in not one but multiple wide receivers Uh, I think we're going to get a lot more spread three wide receiver sets and which I think means a lot more dropbacks for Lamar, but I still think he'll run a lot, maybe less designed runs, but yeah. those scrambles would, when the defense is dropping back and Lamar can just run, that's going to be dangerous. It's going to be really, really dangerous. Uh, I'm with you. I think, I think he has a big passing year, right? Because the pieces never really came together. I mean, for a long time, uh, you know, they had an offense that was very much predicated on the run was very conservative. Uh, and then even when they wanted to throw the ball, 
they just didn't really have the pieces. I mean, you know, the Marquise Brown connection never quite came together, I think, the way they wanted it to. Uh, you know, you had Mark Andrews, but it just was not an offense conducive to having the quarterback throw for 35, 3,600 yards. Demarcus Robinson being their top scoring wide receiver, I think says it all. I guess I should have just, just said that. <laughs> He's and, like a wide receiver four on almost any other team. Yeah, like I just should have said Demarcus Robinson, and then like we didn't, we could have moved on <laughs> to the next team. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think I think he gets over 3,600. I think he has one of his better passing seasons. Um, you know, and maybe that does sort of take away a little bit from his rushing numbers, but I think he fills in the gaps elsewhere. Uh, next up, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, all their top scores are what you would pretty much expect. Joe Burrow is the QB5, uh, 369 points. Joe Mixon was the RB10. Uh, Jamar Chase, your wide receiver, 11, 242 points for him. And Hayden Hurst, the tight end, 21, at uh, just about 110 points. Uh, in the offseason, they lost Samaje Pirine and Hayden Hurst. Both those guys are gone. They did add... Trevor Simeon uh, and Irv Smith through free agency. They drafted uh, a couple of mid to late round guys, wide receiver Charlie Jones, running back Chase Brown. Uh, and first off the board, no shock, Jamar Chase, uh, generally the third pick in a lot of leagues. All right. Speaking of Chase, let's do another more or less. Uh, he has yet to have a 100 catch season. So if I put the number at 101 for Jamar Chase, you going more or less? I'm going to go with more. Um, I... I I'm very high on Jamar Chase and this whole Bengals offense, and I think that if Jamar Chase stayed healthy last year, I don't know if we're talking about Justin Jefferson being the slam dunk consensus 101 because I think Jamar Chase is just as good. Like, Justin Jefferson broke every rookie receiving record, <laughs> right. and it lasted for one year until Jamar <laughs> Chase showed up, and he just beat him. And I know you, you talked to both of them, and they they joked about who could get to 2,000 yards faster. Mm -hmm. It for most receivers that would be a joke. For these two, it's it's very realistic. Yeah, it's in the it's in the realm of outcomes. <laughs> so I, I I think that uh, career volume because last year he had more targets last year in twelve games than he did as a rookie in seventeen. And while Justin Jefferson le led in like total stats in most things, I think a lot of people don't realize that in targets per game and and red zone targets per game and stuff like that, Jamar Chase was the leader because they were just giving him all of this volume. So all I think that has to happen this year for him to top that number is he has to stay healthy. Yeah, I think that's kind of it. I'm with you. I think this is the the really big year. I mean, remember once upon a time, we used to talk about the third year breakout for for wide receivers in fantasy. And like now we got to the point where, you know, every year we always have you know a handful of rookies who are doing big things. And even if they're not as rookies doing big deal, you know, doing big things, you're, you know, as a second year player, either way. Jamar Chase has continued to be good, and now it is year three. He and Joe Burrow obviously have a long history together. I think this is the year that he really goes nuts. I think he gets over 100 catches. Uh, I think he really does push towards 2,000 yards. And you're right. You know, if if one of T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd were gone, I think for oh. sure he would do it. Yeah. He would for sure do it. They got three good wide receivers there, so that makes it a little bit harder. But, you know, if he gets 100 catches – 16 1700 yards it wouldn't surprise me this year at all um joe mixon right now going right around rb12 uh in in a lot of leagues again depending on where you look adp wise 11 to 13 somewhere is that potentially a value uh if you're not going with a running back in the first round or so 
I think you can sell it as one. For me, I feel like Mixon is appropriately priced. Mm-hmm. But last year, he was the RB6 in points per game, RB10 overall. Of course, we have to point out that 55... So consistency is an issue. <laughs> yeah, 55 <laughs> of those points came in one massive mm-hmm. game. He averaged 14 uh, per game in the 13 other games that he played last season. So I have him ranked... Uh, pulling up my RB rankings right now, I have him at RB12, which is exactly okay. where he's going because I'm a sucker for upside. So, like, I put Jameer Gibbs ahead of him. Um, but I-, I could see some people boosting him up a little bit. As To me, a lot of it depends on what happens with Taylor and Jacobs because if those guys are, are not here in two weeks, then Mixon will, will be higher than than RB12 for me. But I think right now it's appropriately priced. Yeah, I was I, and I, I brought this up because you know, just kind of reading over the weekend and, and just you know, getting bits and pieces of news. There's a belief that he will be more efficient as a runner. I mean, I think part of his inconsistency was tied to his uh, his inefficiency as a running back. The Bengals still trying to, you know, shore up that offensive line, get things better. I think the other part of it, though, is there's not really a lot of competition right now. I mean, it's not like last year when they had Samaj P. Ryan and you knew he was coming in for a lot of that two-minute drill work, catching passes, that sort of thing. Some of that work could go to Mixon this year. We know the Bengals are going to score a lot of points. We know the offense is going to be good. I just don't see as many people really challenging to take opportunities away from him. And if he does become more efficient and more consistent as a runner, um, I think we could look back on that and and sort of feel like it's like a value. Like I think he could end. I don't know if top five is possible, but certainly six, seven, I think is really possible. And to get him as the twelfth running back off the board, I think could could end up being kind of a, a decent value for you. Uh, last one for the Bengals. Will Irv actually swerve this year? Now that Irv Smith is in Cincinnati, I know we've been trying to make fetch happen for the last few years. I have certainly been pushing for it. Will Irv actually swerve this year? I don't think he'll swerve. The side tells me everything I need to know. (laughs) Because you know I love Irv Smith as well. I don't think he'll swerve enough to be like a tight end that you start every single week. Yeah. But I think he lives in that streaming range and and, and good matchups, bye week replacements, stuff like that. Uh, I, I just when you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, it's going to be hard to hard to carve out consistent volume each week. But this is the best offense he's ever been a part of, the best quarterback he's ever played with. So he could have a career year and still not be a tight end one. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think the big the big season's going to happen. And I remember when he landed in Cincinnati, it was like. Oh, that's not great just because there are so many other guys who are going to get the football ahead of him. And so it's one of those things where, and I feel like this applies to a lot of tight ends. If I have him in best ball, I feel better because you don't have to worry about guessing which week is going to be the Irv Smith week. But in managed leagues, it is. It's going to be frustrating. You're going to have to sort of explain or have to figure out when to use him and and that sort of thing. That is going to be a little bit of a, a tougher pull, I think. Uh, on a week-to-week basis. So I'd love to, you know, hashtag let Irv swerve. Maybe I'll do it when he scores touchdowns. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be like a big, big thing this year at all. Um, want to let you know, 
NFL Fantasy is back, in case you hadn't heard. Download the NFL Fantasy app, sign up, and draft to be entered to win two tickets to Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, Nevada. No purchase necessary. Ends 10-19-23. Open to legal residents of the 50 United States and the District of Columbia who are 18 years of age or older. For rules and details on bonus entries and alternate means of entry, visit NFL.com slash Fantasy Sweeps 2023. Joined now by a special guest, a man who probably helped a lot of you out there win some fantasy football champions. He was a first-round pick in 2008 out of East Carolina. Over his career, went to three Pro Bowls, was a one-time All-Pro, the Offensive Player of the Year in 2009 when he led the league in rushing. You know him as CJ2K. It's Chris Johnson. Chris, thanks for the time, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, you uh, you have know, been away from the game for a while. You were in the podcast space yourself now, man. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Oh, uh, man. Uh, me and Landell White, you know, we was like duos when I first went to ten- Tennessee. And that's how we came up with our name, Smash and Dash or whatever. So um, we always talk trash back and forth to each other <laughs> all the time. So it, it, it was only right to, you know, be co-hosts in the podcast world and talk about different sports, different things that's going on around the world. Who's the better talker between the two of you? Um, I was I would have to say Lindell is. I wouldn't say better talker, but if anybody knows Lindell, they know he likes to talk a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He talks more than I talk, but, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, it works out, obviously, yeah. in, the, in the podcast space. Uh, you guys, you mentioned Smash and Dash. That mm-hmm. was your name together when you were with the Titans. When you look around the league, and I know on your show you guys talk a lot of running backs and stuff, is there a running back duo that kind of reminds you of what you guys did in Tennessee? Oh, man. Um, one team that comes to mind to me is um, Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys that they got over there um, – just even from looking at them last year, they had two good guys, and then they brought on Bijan Robinson. Um, and it's just interesting to me, um, and it's kind of exciting to see what um, Art is going to do with all three of those guys that he got back there. That was a guy that was when I was in Tennessee, um, and Mike Hammerding was my offense coordinator. Um, Art, um, he was the Quality, quality control guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he came up under under him, studying him, and to see what he did when he became the offense coordinator at Tennessee. And now he's the head coach at Atlanta Falcons, and now he got three good running backs back there. Um, I'm excited to see what he do with those guys. And as Marcus said when we introduced, you, you ran for a legendary 2006 yards back in 2009. Is there a running back in the league that you think can break 2,000 yards? And should it really count, though, if they get that extra gain? <laughs> I have to I have to be honest and say, yes, it has to count because <laughs> what a lot of people don't know, OJ did it in 14 games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying? So they might say I got two extra games to do it or whatever. But um, I feel like another guy that can do it. It's not all about just his talent and ability. He has to be in the right offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy that I think has the best chance outside of Derrick Henry doing it again, I would say Nick Chubb over there with um, mm-hmm. Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He's the guy now. Um, he don't have anybody that he's switching in and out with um, this year. 
because Kareem Hunt left or whatever like that, and I feel he's going to get all the carries. So I think he's the he got the best chance out of any back in this league to uh, rush for 2,000 yards. So you mentioned Kareem Hunt, and I know right now he's sort of taking visits in places mm-hmm. and, and looking to sign a contract. I mean, he's a free agent, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook. You know, there's so much of the talk this offseason has been about running backs getting underpaid. I mean, how how are you feeling about that? And is there a way we can sort of get these guys paid in the future? Oh man, that's a that's a tough situation right there. <laughs> that's a real tough situation, man. And um, honestly, I've I've talked about it a couple of times, and like you know, just sitting around the house talking to friends and stuff like that. Um, it's gonna be something that has to be done, mm-hmm. and it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot. And I I think. Um, the way that it's set up right now, um, they got the running backs, like, they got them by the neck. Like, it, it ain't much that they, they can do when you have to play out this four-, five-year contract. Yeah. Then they put the um, franchise tag on. They got two franchise tags. So you basically locked up for six years, right. six, seven years, and then by the time you go through all that, if they don't pay you, um, after the first franchise tag, by the time you go through all those years and stuff like that, you know what they say about running backs. He washed up. Right. That's how you get to year seven, yeah. year eight. They already looking for the younger guy and things like that. So it's just tough, and I hope it's something that they can do to, um, you know, get these running backs paid, especially earlier. And one thing we do, we talk about a lot on this show, is like the Fantasy Football Hall right. of Fame. You don't really have to make a strong case, but you would be a first ballot fantasy Hall of Famer. <laughs> so I guess the real question is, who would you like to introduce you and, and give uh, the the introduction speech? To the fantasy football Hall of Fame? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> or, you know what? Or the real Hall of Fame, either one. Oh, uh, man. Belong in the, both. Oh, uh, man. The, okay. If I would have to pick something like that as far as the fantasy football Hall of Fame, um, who I want to introduce me, uh, I would have to say Barry Sanders. Ooh, that's good. I have to say Barry Sanders. That's been my guy, like, watching film on him, watching his highlights since I was growing up and things like that. That's always been my favorite running back. I um, feel like he's the best running back in NFL history. So that would be somebody that would want to introduce me. Um, When you look around the league and you look at some of these young running backs, are there guys – you mentioned B. John Robinson. Mm-hmm. Are there other kind of younger guys out there that have caught your attention? Uh, yeah, Um. It's a guy, well, it's two guys. Um, James Cook, he's going into his second year. This dude's a Bills fan, too. You just made him love very James happy. Cook. <laughs> yeah, he's going into his second year. And, you know, um, he started to get better and better as the year went on last year. Um, and I think this year is um, it's his job. Um, and I think he's going to do some big things this year. That's one of the guys that I like. Um, and another guy, um, Jameer Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on this guy for a while. Um, and just seeing like some of the highlights and some of the plays that he's making in training camp, um, I'm definitely excited to see this guy play this year. You ever think about coaching? You ever want to get into that? Uh, I don't know about coaching. Mm-hmm. Probably more so of probably scouting. Okay. I think I'd be a better better at scouting. Okay. Yeah, I think it's kind of hard to coach. Um, it depends the levels. You know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. College, well, now you can't even really say college because they're getting paid. Too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, probably high school. Mm-hmm. Probably better off coaching high school rather than college or pros. But I don't think I want to be a coach. More so, 
uh, I'm leaning towards like really getting into the scouting. So putting on your scout hat, who is there a running back in the league that reminds you of you? Is it Jameer Gibbs or or does no one come close to CJ2K? I wouldn't say <laughs> Gibbs. Uh, I say the closest one that I can say that kind of model their game sort of like mine's. I would say Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. I would say Dalvin Cook. I like how he run that zone running scheme and things like that. So I say Dalvin. Um. Do you still follow the Titans? I mean, your your thoughts on on what what they have in store potentially this year? Yeah, I still follow them. That's my team. Mm-hmm. Um, I still follow them. I feel like with with the addition of D Hop, that that did a whole lot for us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we was missing a a, a number one receiver when, ever since AJ left. And yeah. to get D Hop in, I think he came in and filled those shoes. And that way, you're not able to just stack all these guys in the box and you know, um, to stop Derrick Henry. And another thing, you know, it, it I think it would prolong Derrick Henry's career where you don't have to go in there and give him the ball 400 times. Mm-hmm. When you got D-hop and you got a passing game, you could pass the ball a lot more, and then it just creates a mismatch. Do you enjoy hearing stories about people telling you either, like, you won me my fantasy week or championship, or I lost because I was facing you? Uh, do, do you? Because, like, I have a great one. I, I was playing you against the team that you were on in 2010. Mm-hmm. Monday Night Football, I just needed you to not have a massive game. And then with two minutes left, you broke out a 35-yard touchdown and Jackson broke Durham. my heart. Yeah, exactly that game. Yeah, people tell me that all the time about that game. They're like, man, why was you still in the game? What was going on? Like, what you like? Yeah, so I remember that game like it was yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah everybody talks about you at the Combine running the 40. Uh, how fast do you think you could run right now? Oh, right now? Oh, man. <laughs> he uh, really rubs the knee. <laughs> it, 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 it's tough. I think I can run pretty fast, but mm-hmm. I know probably at the end of it, I'm probably going to pull a hamstring. <laughs> I'm probably going to pull a hamstring. Do you think uh, you could still to this day beat Tyree Kill in a race? To this day? Not right now. In your prime, though? <laughs> yes, of course. In my prime, yes. <laughs> yes, in my prime, of course. Um, I mean, so like after football, I mean, you, I mentioned you're in the podcast game. Yeah. I mean, what, what have you been doing? How have you been occupying yourself since football? Uh, well, yeah, um, podcast game, um, that. And then another thing that I've, I've been doing lately, um, I got some Airbnbs down in Orlando. So, you know, okay. a lot of... A lot of people come down to Orlando to go to Disney World and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I got um, two Airbnbs right around the corner from Disney and stuff like that. Like got all the theme rooms and oh, wow. the um, arcade garage and all that type of stuff. So I've really been focusing hard on that um, and doing that. Any so football go. memorabilia in there? Or? A whole lot. Yeah. So there you go, folks. If you jerseys, um, game balls, helmets, everything signed by like real NFL players and like that. Amazing. So if you're looking for a vacation spot yeah. uh, near Orlando, there you go. Look it up uh, from, from Chris Johnson. Uh, I mean, you got to ask you, though, like, so you talked about scouting and everything. I mean, would you like to stay around the NFL game if you could? Um, I definitely would. That's mm-hmm. a goal of mine. Like, I can't play no more. People ask, do I miss the game? Um, I don't miss practice and all that <laughs> at training camp. I miss going out there on Sunday, getting those goosebumps and playing in the actual game. And um, besides that, like my, I got two twin boys that are 11 years old. Mm-hmm. They put, they play football. Um, I help out with their team and stuff like that. Um, 
So, like, that's kind of, like, my only way of staying in it at this point, like, helping them out. But I definitely would like to be, like, on the NFL level, like, helping mm-hmm. in with scouting. Like, because I just feel like who's who's there better to scout running backs and myself. I done done it to the highest level. So Yeah. You know. would, would you tell your kids to, to play running back, considering the way? No, nah, they're, they're not allowed to play running back. <laughs> they already not. But it's crazy. Like, this, this stuff is just – coming out like right now like i've been telling my kids that like the last three years mm-hmm. like they they're not allowed to play running back well they can play it right now in little league but they're slowly the older they get slowly transitioning to receiver cornerback or whatever like we just train as, as athletes mm-hmm. so by the time it's time to go to high school they Let's definitely want to be playing D- running db back. wide receiver that's that's where the money's at yeah. right now for sure yeah, do crazy. you ever put on some of your old highlights to be like this is this is how good your dad was <laughs> Um, well, Ed, man, you know, these days and ages, kids, man, it's crazy. Kids be having, um, iPhones in elementary school <laughs> and stuff like that now. So they pull all that stuff up on YouTube on their own gotcha. and stuff like that. Like, um, what I try to do with them is like, um, when their game film, like from Lily, they record the games and stuff now. So I like kind of go over their game film with them and watch their game film and like critique them and like. Tell them what they did wrong and what they did a good job at. There it is. That's that's how the scouting that's how the scouting thing begins. Just yeah. like that, man. Uh, Chris, man, we appreciate the time. Smash and Dash podcast. Uh, mm. You and Lindale White. Uh, mm. Heard a couple episodes. Sounds great. Mm. Uh, continued success with that, man. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Still diving into the AFC North again, though. Uh, big thanks to Chris Johnson for stopping by uh, the Smash and Dash podcast. Him and Lindale White back together again. A uh, whole lot of fun there. Um, the Cleveland Browns. Last year, their top fantasy score was Jacoby Brissett, QB 24. It was a pretty bad year on the field for Deshaun Watson, football-wise, uh, as he played the back part of the season. Nick Chubb, your top running back for the Browns, uh, 281 fantasy points. He was the RB6. Amari Cooper, your wide receiver, 10 at 247 points. And David Njoku, tight end, 11 uh, with a buck 42. In the offseason, the Browns lost Brissett. They lost Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson, but they did go out and add in free agency Josh Dobbs, Marquise Goodwin, uh, Elijah Moore, who's maybe the big free agent addition there, and Jordan Akins. They did draft Cedric Tillman and uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who already ingratiated himself to the Browns fans in the Hall of Fame game when he like laid a block uh, <laughs> on a touchdown run. So Cleveland fans already love Dorian Thompson Robinson, that Big Ten legend from UCLA. Uh, first off the board, Nick Chubb, an early second round pick. So got to ask. What is the percentage chance that Nick Chubb could finish as the RB1 this year? I'm never good at giving percentages, but <laughs> I'll say like 15%. I don't know. All is right. that too high? Um, I think Nick Chubb, this, uh, let me, I guess this is a better way of saying it. I think this is Nick Chubb's best chance ever of being the overall RB1. Mm-hmm. Because for years, I was the low guy on Nick Chubb, and people would be like, he's the best pure runner in football. And I'm like, great. I'm not denying that. (laughs) Does he catch the ball? Right. No. Okay. Well, then he can't be the RB1. He can't be like top five. And it sounds crazy to say, but like you pull up Nick Chubb's fantasy finishes by by season. He has never been a top five fantasy running back in total points or points per game. Yeah. 
I think that changes this year because Kareem Hunt is gone. And there's no one behind. Like Jerome Ford was the biggest threat, and he's dealing with an injury he's now. Up right now, yeah. So, and, and there's lots of talk about getting Nick Chubb more usage in the passing game. You you do that paired with the, now that he has a rushing quarterback who should help create some running lanes for him. I have Nick Chubb right now as my RB six, but on any given day, the, the RB three through six for me could be in any order because I, I have Eckler and CMC as my top two, but then. Bijan, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb for me is that next group. And I keep going back and forth on how I want to order those four. But to me, those are like the next four, the tier two running backs. And I think any of them could finish as the RB1. So I'll go slightly higher. I'll give him like a 20 to 25 percent chance of doing it. And I think what you touched on, though, is important to me in that Kareem Hunt isn't there. And if you think back before Kareem Hunt got there, 2019... Nick Chubb at 36 catches. I know it doesn't sound like a lot. It's his career high. They were starting to use him a lot more in that respect. And even the start of, I think it was 2020, was the first year that uh, that Kareem Hunt got there, if I remember right. But whatever it was, um, they were using him in the passing game. And then Hunt got there, and that sort of went away. So it was the back half. That's what it was. So first half of 2019, Nick Chubb was catching the football a lot. Kareem Hunt shows up midway through the season, and then it was uh, him catching the ball and, and Chubb not getting the target so much. Now that he's gone, that Hunt is gone, I think you start to see Nick Chubb as more of an asset in the passing game. I'm not going to oversell it, you know. We're not going to suddenly talk about him the way we talk about, you know, Eckler or Kamara or McCaffrey, but I think he's going to get enough that it gives him a chance. The fact that, you know, this is potentially a contract year for him. Who knows if the Browns want to offer him a deal, considering the way running backs are going? Probably not. They could just decide this is the year we run Nick Chubb into the ground. We get him involved in everything. And then, you know, we figure out free agency and what happens after yeah. that. So I think there's a chance. I don't know that it, you know, it's a high chance, but I do think it's it's certainly a chance that it happens. Uh, Deshaun Watson, in the last month, I was checking, his ADP has jumped about three rounds. He was going in round 11. He has jumped up to round eight. I think everybody's clued into the fact that there's really a chance for him to be better than he was last year. Uh, round eight, too high? Too low, just right? How do you feel? I think it's just right. I could see him jumping even another round, but that's when you start to get into the Trevor Lawrence territory, and I do think there should be a little bit of a gap between those two. That being said, I, I am high on Deshaun Watson and this Browns offense. Um, I, I'm of the mindset that those final six games last year do not matter at all. Um, I, I understand that, yes, that he played football and it was the first football we've seen him play in two years. It's also the worst football of his career. He was out for 18 months, uh, played all those games in bad weather with a coach and an offense that he's never played with before and an offense that wasn't built for him. Like my example continues to be you could use the greatest athlete of all time in Michael Jordan. And you look at his career season by season, his worst one was the season where he came off of an 18-month layover. Yeah. After that, the next year, he was back to being himself. We've seen a lot of – Fernando Tatis Jr. in baseball is doing it now. We've seen a lot of players come back from these long layovers. We see football players do it all the time from injuries. And it takes them a little bit of time to get back to being themselves. But to me, seeing Deshaun Watson play well in the preseason means more than anything that happened at the end of last season. And I, I don't think people are realizing – 
that every healthy season this guy has played, he's been a top five fantasy quarterback. Well, and I think that's why you have seen the ADP jump, because I think people are sort of feeling the way you are. And it's become like, hey, man, like, let's let's take the shot on Deshaun Watson, especially because I think for a lot of people, they're drafting Watson and they're probably drafting another quarterback just sort of in case, uh, you know, things go kind of sideways. But I think everybody's sort of banking on the upside of what he was when he was at Houston. And even if he doesn't get completely back to where he was with the Texans, I think we all sort of believe he's a lot better than what we saw last year. Um, But right now you're still getting him at a spot where you're not drafting, investing heavily in draft capital. Uh, You can still hopefully get a a solid quarterback one in kind of the mid rounds. Um, I mean, you're getting a guy with top five upside in the area where you're drafting sort of fringe QB one. So I think that's sort of the, the excitement about, about Deshaun Watson. Is this finally the David Njoku breakout year? I think we kind of saw last year be the start of a breakout. He was the tight end eight in points per game. He just, uh, he got hurt. He missed some time despite missing time. He was second in red zone targets at the position last year. And I think that is where he could shine because outside of Amari Cooper, like Elijah Moore, DPJ, those are all nice pieces, but I think Njoku is their second best red zone option here. And if Deshaun Watson can get back to being what he was, that's going to lead to more passing opportunities, more scoring opportunities. So David Njoku, I, I keep saying I want a top seven tight end this year, but if I miss out on the top seven, Evan Ingram and Njoku are my fallback options. Yeah, I... I I do think this is a, a decent year for him. I do think, though, it's going to be, like a lot of tight ends in that range, a week-to-week sort of frustration. Um, it's funny, over the weekend, you know, talking to a lot of people, and I had a conversation with uh, with Jeff Ratcliffe, who does a lot of great work on Sirius. And he's already pointed out, when you talk about these tight ends in this range, that, I guess it's been perfect, because, you know, Andy Barron's from Yahoo mentioned the fact that, you know, a guy like Sam Laporta, could potentially be a top six or top eight tight end, but he sort of threw the asterisk in there that to do that only means, you know, maybe you get 50 to 60 catches, you have 500 yards, and you have four to six touchdowns. And and Jeff Ratcliffe pointed out the fact that if you score, you know, six touchdowns over the space of 17 games, that's a third basically of the games. So, like, only in a third of the games are you really putting up viable tight end one type numbers and I think you know David Njoku kind of falls in that category where he could be a top 10 tight end it means two-thirds of the season you could be really frustrated with David Njoku when he gives you like when he gives you like five or six points but it's those weeks when he gives you 12 to 15 you're like yeah man this is why I did this I I was talking I forget who I was talking to a couple days ago and I was like streaming tight ends in August seems great until you actually have to do a whole yeah. season worth of it. Like, just pay up for tight. That's why I have no problem taking Travis Kelsey in the first round this year. No. Like, just pay up to get that security. I, you know, I, and I, I've switched on that a couple of years ago. Like, it just is worth it for me to get one of these guys I'm going to feel okay about because I don't want to be in week 13 and I'm scrounging around and trying to figure out, like, what guy has a chance to catch a touchdown? That's all you're, that's all you're banking on. Like, who could possibly catch a touchdown for me this week? I, I got enough other things to think about in my life. I don't need that <laughs> on a week-to-week <laughs> basis. Uh, last one, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their top fantasy scorer from last year, Kenny Pickett, who was the QB 28. Uh, Najee Harris, their top running back, RB 14 overall, 223 points. Deontay Johnson, their top wideout. He was wide receiver at 28 at 180 points. 
and Pat Fryermuth. Uh, the tight end seven overall, 148.2. Not much changed in terms of personnel offensively for the Steelers. They lose Benny Snell. They add Allen Robinson as a free agent. They draft tight end Darnell Washington, though it seems like his opportunities will be limited just because he'll be behind Fryermuth. Uh, first guy off the board, Najee Harris, uh, middle of round three. One more, more or less for you. Four touchdowns for Deontay Johnson, more or less. More. It has to be more, right? right? Like, I mean, zero last year. It was so frustrating, but he earns targets at such a high rate. Um, It'll probably take four games for him to do it because <laughs> the next time that Kenny Pickett throws multiple passing touchdowns in a game will be his first. Um, I'm... I'm not high on the Steelers offense at all. I think Deontay Johnson, if I draft any of them, it will be Deontay Johnston. Yeah. Uh, but even he is, he's starting to get pulled up the board a bit from where he was going in early drafts. I I don't find myself feeling great drafting him. Yeah, I think he's he's kind of moved up to like the fifth round now. Um, it's funny because you remember early in the offseason, he was behind George Pickens. He was going in like round nine. Um, and since then, it's, it has shifted that he's ahead of Pickens. That That is, I think, what it should be. But I think everybody's kind of getting – I don't know if it's excited about him specifically, but just wide receivers in general. Wide receivers are starting to get pulled up the board now. Uh, I did a salary cap draft over the weekend, and the the prices for the wide receivers – were off the charts. I mean, even like mid-round guys, mid-range guys. I think Drake London went for $30. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, both Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk went for the same number. It, it, it Things are getting really, really inflated out there. And I think that's why you've seen uh, Deontay Johnson have the ADP he does in round five. It's a little hard to pay off just because I don't know how, how much the Steelers are going to score touchdowns this year. But I'm with you. I think it's more than four. It's definitely more than zero because you can't have fewer than zero. So I, I do like Deontay this year. Uh, Najee Harris is a guy that has made me very nervous. I don't think I've drafted him much, if at all, this year. Does he get to 1,000 rushing yards this season? If he does, I think it'll be like last year where he barely tops it because of volume. I, he's a fade for me. Um, I wanted to give Najee a, pa uh, a pass last year because of the ankle injury. But then when I compared his season last year to the season prior – it wasn't really all that different. Like, in fact, he had uh, the same number pretty much of runs go for 10-plus yards and, and for 15-plus miles per hour. He was stuffed at the same percentage. He actually was better uh, in, in yards before contact last year. To me, the biggest thing is he's never going to be what he was rookie his rookie year because Big Ben is gone and he's not going to get that ninety to one hundred targets like he was getting that year. He he saw a decrease of forty targets last year, and I think that that is what we should expect moving forward. And then you add in that Jalen Warren is yeah. a good backup who was stealing work from him in the preseason this weekend. And and could be used as a pass catcher and is a little bit more uh fast and quicker. So I don't know. I, I see a lot of risk with Najee Harris and not so much of a reward. I I don't think I've drafted him anywhere, and I don't plan on. Doing I, yeah, I just I really haven't drafted him for all the reasons you said. I think the Jalen Warren hype is real. Uh, the drumbeats have been getting louder for a while, and I'm looking around at where he's going, where where Najee is going in the third round. Um, I mean, Jonathan Taylor sort of around there, and that's mostly I think out of caution for a lot of people. But you know, Joe Mixon is there. 
you know, I'd rather have, say, Aaron Jones, certainly Jameer Gibbs I would rather have, I think, than Najee Harris right now because I don't think he gets to 1,000 yards this year. I see him – I can see him, you know, topping out around 9, 950 just because I think Warren takes some opportunity. I think, you know, Najee has been kind of inefficient as a runner. Um, I I just – I I've avoided him certainly at ADP I guess if he falls far enough I would make the the move but right now at ADP I just I don't I don't want um last one a couple of guys who were sort of right next to each other in terms of ADP who would you rather have George Pickens from the Steelers or Washington's Jahan Dotson I think this is a great question because I have them ranked back to back and I I think there are similar situations too and my eyes want to go with George Pickens because he's that kind of player. Like you watch him play and you're like, there's nothing this guy can't do on a football field. Then you look in the numbers and you're like, oh, he doesn't separate great. He doesn't earn targets that actually earn targets at the lowest rate of any receiver who ran as many routes as he did last year. Whereas Dotson was third amongst all receivers in fantasy points per target. I feel a little bit better about their offense because they brought in uh, new quarterbacks. They have a new offensive coordinator, which I think is an improvement with the enemy. The Steelers are just running it back from what they had last year. And I thought we needed to see an offensive coordinator change there. I think this offense could be very bland like it was last year. So I will go with Dotson. I, I like Dotson, too. Um Maybe it is. Maybe it's the Eric Bieniemy hype that that has me going on. But I, I just think these are two guys who are younger guys. They both have quarterbacks that we're just not sure about. Um, but I feel like there's more upside there with with Dotson. I think they're going to be a little bit more creative offensively, be a little bit more vertical offensively. And I think that sort of helps. Um, look, I, I do love George Pickens, though. I mean, that dude is not shy about telling you how great he <laughs> thinks he is. Uh, he, I don't know if you saw. He made a comparison. He thinks that within a few years he and Kenny Pickett will have a connection like Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. I'm like, that's, that's a big statement, man. I, I, I appreciate your confidence, even Look, if I don't share that, that belief. I, I get believing in yourself that way. What makes you watch Kenny Pickett and think this guy is the guy? Hey, man, believe in yourself, believe in your quarterback, I yeah. guess. Uh, that, that's I all I can it. think about it. I, like I said, I don't share that opinion, but I I appreciate that you do. It, I saw one time uh, Draymond Green was like, I'm the best defensive player ever, and people were making fun of him, and he was like, if I don't believe it, why would anyone else? <laughs> so I, I get the mindset. No, absolutely. You know what? And if you're, gonna, if you're going to emulate any athlete's confidence, Draymond Green's a pretty one, pretty good one to, <laughs> to emulate his confidence, uh, if, if nothing else there. So uh, there it is. That is our look at the AFC North. Uh, we'll be back with you on Wednesday. We will look at the NFC North. So uh, stick around for that. Uh, again, thanks to Darius Davis. Thanks to Chris Johnson. Uh, it was good having them on the show. And uh, we are off and running. I mean, we're two shows a week. NFL Fantasy Live uh, is back starting today, starting Monday. Uh, So we'll be back with our preseason shows. We're just a couple of weeks away from uh, the regular season, at least of Fantasy Live starting and for the NFL season starting as well. So uh, that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe and healthy. Do good and live well. And we will talk to you on Wednesday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungle's closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there.